Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Superhero Ethics Podcast. My name is Matthew Westfox, one of your hosts. Joining us on the line is Paul, another one of our hosts. Paul, how are you doing today? Not too bad. I didn't sleep too much, so that should be perfect for today's episode. <laughs> awesome. I said that every time, though, right? <laughs> this is also true. Uh, but yeah, as Paul says, we're going to um, go a little deep with uh, a, a, a character we both love who's kind of a little off the deep end, and that's part of the point. Today we are talking about Joker um, and all the ways in which why we love Joker, some of the different representations of Joker in um, in media, especially in TV and movies, um, and, and what Joker sort of has to teach us and tell us about um, the ethical questions that we talk about a lot uh, on this show. Uh, and so, Paul, let's just jump right in. Let me ask, why do you love Joker so much as a character? Why do you think he works so much? Um, you and I have talked before about, like, what makes a good villain. What 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 makes you love Joker? I mean, I think the thing I love most about Joker as a villain is that he basically violates all the rules of what I think generally makes a good villain. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, he's he, he, he has no real clear backstory, where I think a great villain often has some kind of... Yep you know, how they got from point A to point B. Um, and then, you know, they also often have a compelling sort of ethos, you know, some, some sort of, they have a motivation where you're like, okay, I really understand why this person wants to do what they're doing. And sometimes that, that creates some sort of conflict and, and you can talk about like, well, whether that made sense, yada, 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 like, you know, you can sometimes sympathize with a great villain, right? You know, like Magneto, I Magneto, say, yeah, the opposite of Joker, or right? King, Kingpin. Um, you and I have talked about is a great example of yeah, that. Yeah, Kingpin, perfect. Yeah, um, but Joker's just like he's just crazy. <laughs> and when you have a villain who's just crazy, you can do that so so bad. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I actually remember when I was like the first story I remember writing uh, was you know I was just on like an Apple IIe in a computer lab and typing away on the, you know, monochrome screen. And it was a murder mystery. And it turned out that the killer was, was just psychotic and had killed the person for no reason. And I remember my, my teacher being like, well, you know, that's not really a compelling motive. And it kind of, you know, isn't uh, that interesting in a mystery. And, and I, you know, I, I kind of think that's often true, yeah. but it's not always true, you know, and, and Joker's just uh, the the perfect foil for Batman, you know, being like, I, mean, I think it can be summed up to the line, why so serious? Yeah. You know, because <laughs> Batman's this broody, serious <laughs> hero, which I love. Right. And then Joker's like, yeah, like, for real? Like, well, I, I, you dressed I, up in a cape and cowl? <laughs> and, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right on, like, I mean. A, one thing I love about Joker is the way he points out the ridiculousness, not not just of Batman, but of, of all of the sort of crime-fightingness in Gotham. Um, yeah, but, I mean, the whole world, really. Right, you know. but but starting just with what you're talking about, like, I, I've always thought, that one, uh, I, I've come to really love the Mark Hamill Joker, and I think in a lot of ways, I think, I, I agree with a lot of people that the Mark Hamill is probably the best Joker. But in some ways, the, the Christopher Nolan perspective on it, the, the Heath Ledger... I think is my favorite explanation of this idea of Joker because because you know we we start in those movies I, in a lot of ways I think kind of the, the point I'm getting to is that I don't think Joker works anywhere near as well if he's the only villain like if you only had one Batman story and it's just a uh-huh. one off of Batman versus Joker Joker doesn't really work what what makes Joker so powerful to me is that cuz like you said like if your only villain is just the crazy ones like you're missing something but it's that in the Batman world, we set up all of these other villains, you know, like in or at least in Christopher Nolan, at least we get Ra's al Ghul and, and, and um, Falcone and some of those others. And like all these people have different motivations. And in the animated series, we get so many others uh, and the comic book, obviously. And so Joker is able to stand in contrast to all of those, you know, and you get that, that wonderful line in The Dark Knight of – where, uh, you know, uh, Alfred, Michael Caine's Alfred says, you know, like, some men just want to make, watch the world burn. Um, yeah. And oh. to me, that line has so much power, because we've already established most most villains aren't like that. Most of them do right. have, you know, they want to make the world better in their own way, or they want to make money, or they want something else. Yeah, they want to make it better for them, at least. Right, exactly. And, and, right, they want to make their life better, they want the money, whatever it is. And Joker's like, yeah, let's just... Let's just tear this whole thing down. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, like, the Heath Ledger Joker especially, I mean, like, he's an anarchist, you know, more than anything else. Yeah, and, yeah. And, yeah, which, you know, I, I can get on board with that. Yeah, I know? mean, 
we, we did an episode before about uh, Astra, and, and that was the first in a series of heroes we kind of agree with. And I think Joker, to some extent, I mean, probably more so for you, but but for both of us, and so, like yeah. he he's pointing out some ridiculousnesses that that I think you know that there, there's some re- there's some reason to point them out, even even if his methods are maybe not the ones we like the most. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, so so <laughs> allow me to compare another GC villain to Donald Trump. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> um, so I mean, I I think that you know during the course of the two thousand. 15 through 2016 election because those things last far too long. Uh-huh. Um, you know, like, there are valid points made about things that are wrong with the world and, you know, the United States government and the way it functions. Right. Um, but you can start with pointing out, like, hey, that thing's broken. It's like, yeah, yeah, it is. Okay, I'm going to fix it this way. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Hold on. Don't blow up all the hospitals in Gotham. Right. That's not the way to fix it. You know, like, I understand where you're coming from on certain things. Uh, not on everything. Uh, but, like, that's just, just no, no, yeah. no. Although I actually, I, I, I would, I like Joker better. <laughs> <laughs> like, if I had to take someone to exist in the real world, it would definitely be the Joker. Yeah, I mean, still kind of terrifying in a lot of ways, but but it might sort of depend on which Joker we're talking about. But 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 yeah, compared sure. to compared to current alternatives of supervillains we're dealing with in our own world, I think Joker's my yeah. choice. Um, but yeah, so I, I so so let's talk a little bit more about um, uh, that idea of the the kind of the mirror that Joker holds up. Like what uh, you were talking about, how Joker sort of points out the ridiculousness of of Batman. Like like go deeper there. What what do you think is happening? Like what why is that? Uh, what, what's the power of that message that he's doing? Yeah, well, I mean, it's, there's, there's a few things. Like, one thing, I think it's always important for someone not to take themselves too seriously. Uh-huh. You know? And um, there's, you know, you can make an argument that Batman takes himself too seriously. Yeah. Uh, I don't actually totally, I don't really agree with that. Um, because I, I... I don't think he takes himself so seriously as much as he takes his work seriously. Right. Which I do think is a very valuable and important thing. Um, I, I remember my mom telling me that that was one of the things she loved about Metallica. Um, also their musicality. But, <laughs> you know, that, that they didn't seem to really take themselves very seriously. But right. that they very much took their work seriously, you know. Yeah, and, and that's an important um, distinction. I mean, yeah, and, and it's, you know, it's not that Batman doesn't take himself that seriously, but like I think certain you know versions of Batman and, and maybe even most of them are like, yeah, dressing up like a bat is like a pretty ridiculous thing to do, right? And that's kind of why he's doing it because he's you know he, he's he's kind of being like I mean Batman's a terrorist, yeah, you know, <laughs> like he's his goal is not just is not to fight crime you know, mano a mano, right? right. I mean, he does that, but his goal is to terrorize criminals. Oh, yeah. I mean, make them afraid of the bat. I mean, know? I think we, yeah, and the, the, there's that great line in The Batman Begins where um, uh, Ra's al Ghul says that, you know, he, he, you've taken this idea of theatricality a little bit literally more than he intended. Right. Um, but, yeah. but no, I think it's true. I mean, I think that there's, if, if in our world today, the, the, the Madison, where I live in Madison, Wisconsin, if the Madison police yeah. force were using Batman-like tactics to, like, scare people out of being criminals, I mean, right. we'd be horrible. Like, that's that's pretty much what they're doing. I mean, okay, a lot more killing, but, like, you look at the Philippines, and we're horrified by it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they are terrorizing drug dealers and users, really. Right. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's one of the things that, that fascism does, right? It terrorizes its own people. A fascist government terrorizes its own people to get them to fall in line. Right. Um, yeah, and, and I and, neither you nor I is yeah, the first that's, person that's to say that so there's kind of fascist tendencies that Batman has, and like that that yeah. there's an extent to which he. It, it, this is where I think we, we had the great conversation about V for Vendetta and him being the mm-hmm. sort of like the, um, you know, he's doing what has to be done, but he doesn't want that to have to be done, and that's kind yeah. of where I've always seen as Batman. But but I I I think that's why what the Joker's role of really forcing Batman to question that and forcing everyone around him to question that. Um, you yeah. know, I think becomes becomes so interesting. Yeah, and in the Dark Knight, as you know, the anarchist Joker, right? right. I mean, that's really played up. Um, 
you know, the Joker is very much like V as well, right? Yeah. In that V is blowing up government buildings, you know, and trying to get the people to, you know, revolt and overthrow, um, and I mean, you know, the, the, the established order. And that's the same thing that um, actually Rachel Ghoul is doing in, mm-hmm. the, in the first, right, in, in Batman Begins. And then it's also kind of what uh, Bane is doing, except really, I think he just wants to blow up the city. Oh, yeah, spoiler <laughs> alert for like every Batman thing ever. Uh, Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> uh, but but so so you know, Joker in the second one is trying to he's trying to show that people, you know, are. I mean, he's trying to show that people suck, basically. Right. Which you know, if, if I were to have a uh, criticism of the Dark Knight in terms of, like, a moment where I was like, yeah, Is you know. it the moment on the boat where they seem to prove Joker wrong? Yeah, like, I don't think he's wrong. Yeah. Like, I don't like that he's right, you know? But, like, I think someone would pull the trigger. Like, I think one of those groups of people would definitely blow up the other group of people. Yeah. Um, I just think that's, sadly, that's how the world is. Um and you know it's it's nice watching the movie, and it's like, oh, that's people aren't like that, and obviously not everybody's like that, you know. But um, you know, I think if you roll the dice enough times, you're going to get some people to blow up some other people. Because you know, I mean, I, that happens all the time. I, I mean, and that it, it's one of those things where you kind of like, if that were a lot of other movies, I think I'd be much more critical of that moment. Yeah. I think in that yeah. moment. I'm sort of okay with him saying, you know, because in a lot of other movies, I'd be like, you know what? Why can't you be afraid of having some darkness in the movie? Why can't you be afraid of, like, something bad? <laughs> Dark Knight! Yeah. I'm sort of willing for them to go, okay, you know what? Someone might have sort of said to Christopher Nolan, like, look, we've had every other thing in this movie go horribly wrong. Can we have <laughs> right, one right. moment where people don't suck? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, and then also to add to that, like, you know, the Joker also is right. I mean, right. the character who's held up as being the most good, pure, whatever, you know, Gotham's white knight, like, you know, he becomes Two-Face. Like, Joker turns him into Two-Face yeah. successfully, you yeah, know, I mean, so. I, yeah, because to me, that's the, like, I, I, I think I've said this before in this podcast, but to me, the, the I, I think Dark Knight is maybe my favorite superhero movie, and certainly my favorite of the Batman mm-hmm. stories, more than yeah. anything because of the triangle they set up of Jim Gordon, Harvey Dent, and Batman, like, the three of them all trying to figure out ways to, to fight crime in this imperfect world, and it's so difficult. And yeah, the Joker is kind of like throwing a bomb into the middle of it and being like, we're going to yeah. screw with all of it. And and the way Harvey Dent becomes Two-Faced in that is just it, – it, it's so well done. And you're right. It's completely it, – it's the Joker being shown that he's right, you know, that, that yeah. even someone as pure as Harvey Dent can be broken. Um, yeah, and I mean ultimately like, okay, you know, some of the people in the movie – prove him right, some of them prove him wrong, which doesn't really prove him right or wrong. I mean, it, it's ultimately, it's like, yeah, some people are going to are gonna snap, you know, right. or not even just snap, but, like, some people are going to, to choose themselves, and some people aren't. And so, you know, with the boats, it's like, okay, you know, some of the people did want to blow up the other boats. Yeah. And then, ultimately, the things fell into the hand, you know, that, that one big dude is like, yeah, give it to me, I'll do it. You know, right. and then he throws it out the window, and it's like, you know, maybe most of the other people on the boat would have pulled the thing, but he was like, he would kind of con them, you know? Um, and so, you know, it's not totally implausible. It's just like, I think somebody probably would have done that to other people. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's definitely true. Um, oh, and in terms of that sort of, uh, you know, uh, trifecta or uh, trinity of characters who are trying to figure out how to get rid of you know, Gotham's organized crime. Uh-huh. Like, who does successfully get rid of Gotham's organized crime? If you really kind of look at cause and effect. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean... It, it's the Joker. Yeah, like, he, he killed... Because of his actions, right? He killed tons of them. Uh-huh. And then, like, he basically creates a situation where, you know, Batman and Harvey Dent are able to go after them in a way that they wouldn't be able to go after them if the Joker hadn't done what he'd done. <laughs> Well, and that gives me another thing I wanted to, to ask about because yeah, I I think you're totally right, and I think that it's 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 his in some ways he's I, I think in some ways it's Joker sort of saying like, hey guys, like to, to to those three, like okay, is the game to like get rid of organized crime? I can play that game too, like because right, exactly. 
fun. Yeah, because he's also sort of saying, like, well, if you're playing that game, why are you playing it with a hand tied behind your back? Like, why not just go right. all the way? Um, right. And but, particularly speaking to Batman, it's like, Batman's already willing to break the rules. Yeah. Right? So why... So, like, yeah. Well, yeah, and actually, that, that, that I was going to go in a different direction, but I think what you just said is another a, a really fun direction to go in. Like, I, to me... I think we've talked about this somewhat, and I've talked about it with some other people as well. Like, once you start to become a vigilante, you're now saying, like, I'm not going to play by the rest of the people's rules. Yeah. And it always feels like Batman, and as well as V, as well as some other people, it be- and Daredevil, certainly, there, there seems to be almost a sense of, because I'm not playing by the established rules, I still have to set a code for myself. You know, I won't kill. I won't kill. Cho- I won't fire a gun. You know, I won't unless Zack Snyder is making me. Um, no, but no, like, no. I won't be the one who sends the truck, you know, the sample of explosives to blow up Like, right? You know. Yeah, like it, 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 that. That there always is this idea of like because I don't have the traditional moral code, I have to have my own moral code. And and I think Joker is kind of coming along saying, well, why? Why not just throw out the entire idea of rules entirely? Right, exactly. Yeah, he's saying once, you know, once you say, okay, this, the authority behind these rules is full of it, you know, like, yep. then just go all the way. And, um, and that's one where, where I actually think that the animated series, the Mark Hamill Joker, really, really excels. Because I think there's so many stories in which Joker is kind of taking one of, like, Batman's, like, self-prescribed rules and playing with it and making creating a situation where Batman has to question it, and he's sort of saying, like, why? Why is this so important to you, you know? Right. Yeah. Totally. So, yeah, um, he's at his best when he does stuff like that. Uh-huh. So, so and let, we've been talking mostly about the uh, the Christopher Nolan, the Heath Ledger Joker, which I said is kind of one of my, my favorite versions of the character, but what I, I know you really love the Mark Hamill. Um, I think you like both, but and, and there's a bunch of others we can talk about, too, but what in particular, what, what is it about Mark Hamill's Joker that, that really calls to you? Um, some, some of the, the, sort of the sad clown aspect, uh, uh-huh. the fact that he's kind of always different, you know, like, he's got so many, so many laughs, right, uh, so, I heard some of the creators of the show talking about it, and just how, you know, he's, he's got, it's not like, oh, this is his Joker laugh, right. you know, it's, he's got so many different moods, and he's so playful, and he is menacing. He, you know, he manages to be scary in a way that a Joker who kills other jo- other people isn't necessarily as scary or isn't this, this scary the same way. You know, mm-hmm. because like he they, he gives people the Joker toxin and then they have that rictus grin. You know, right? Um, and they're not always dead. Sometimes they are. Sometimes, but like in the animated series, they can't really just kill people the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, so they kind of came up with. You know, something that's like it's creepier, you know, and just like oh, just waxing people, you know, and um, just. But really, the, the biggest thing for me is the personality, you know, yeah. the, the voice and the the playful clownishness, and um, you know, the the Joker episodes in uh, the second season of Justice League uh, called Wild Card, mm. where it's him and Harley Quinn's there, and they've got you know the the Royal Flush Gang with with Ace. Right. right. Who who then shows up in that that other amazing episode? Um, the um, anyway uh, <laughs> at the end of season three, but uh, but it's you know it's just this like like he he makes a game show, you yeah. know. It's like he makes a game show and he makes the Justice League play by his rules. He's like, I've got all these bombs, you know, you got to defuse them. But then that was all a joke. That was a trick. That was a diversion, you know. And um, but you know. He, funny. You know, yeah. that Joker is funny in a way that I feel like the Heath Ledger Joker not as funny. The Jared Leto Joker not as funny. Yeah. You know? Like, I, 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 I think he, the Heath Ledger Joker is at times hilarious, but in a very different way. And and I, I think you're, this Joker feels it's much more, I mean, he's much more intentionally funny in a lot of ways. Yeah. And, right. and I also love what you said. Like, to me, the phrase sad clown is so mm-hmm. perfect because I think of all the different things that I felt for all the different Jokers, like Mark Hamill's Joker, I think is the only one I've ever really felt sorry for. Like, I mean, yeah, it, yeah and it's funny because even like what you and I were saying at the very beginning about that the, the the Joker is the one villain who you can't relate to. I I can't really relate to his criminality, but I can relate right. to I can relate to him. Like, there are times yeah. when like 
basically what Joker feels like is the guy who like, you know, you, you watch a whole bunch of other people having this kind of social interaction and you really want to be a part of it, but you don't quite understand the subtleties of it. And so you try to join the group conversation and you wind up not you, you, you think you're playing along with the joke, but you suddenly say something that actually makes everyone else uncomfortable. And you're like, what what did I do? I, th- I thought I was doing what you all were doing. Yeah. And I kind of feel that way about Mark Hamill's Joker sometimes, you know, like he he's like, oh, Batman, you get to play with fun toys. OK, I get to play with fun toys. Wait, what? what's wrong? You know, <laughs> like. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, yeah. And I just realized that. So, so you know, you're relating to that aspect of, of per- that particular Joker, especially. Uh-huh. And like. You know, I'm relating to the motives of right. the, the Heath Ledger Joker, you know. <laughs> and so I think the Joker can be uh, a relatable character. I mean, I actually found the Suicide Squad Joker very relatable. Mm. Um, I, well, okay, maybe that's sort of a bad thing to say. But I mean, like, um, you know, I, I had a lot of empathy towards that character. I felt right. like that character was feeling a lot, you know. Um, yes. And I... I think the Joker is a character who you can sometimes relate to in ways that you don't necessarily expect to. Yeah. And without sort of playing by the rules of, you know, the, it it doesn't feel like they're trying to play, you know, the kind of all the same tropes and, you know, it's just a character that that breaks the rules and and makes it work. Right. Well, yeah. And I, I, I will say I, I, I hated the Jared Leader Joker. I'm definitely one of those yeah, that like thought that was not the best. Um, but but I, but I can see how someone could relate to him. Um, and and I definitely think we're we're both onto something here about the. It's not the Joker is an everyman figure because that would make the world no. a really terrifying place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's not look at that world. But but he's almost an everyman in, in every id man character. Like mm. I kind yeah, of think yeah. in some ways like. All of us, I mean, unless we really want to claim we're absolutely perfect, like, we do have those moments where, like, you know, oh, my God, I'm at the DMV, and this is so frustrating. I just want to blow it all up. You know, I mean, like, you're just, like, those little moments of, like, you know. Yeah, like, kill all these people with a spoon. Yeah, exactly. And, like, Joker does those things. And it's both, like, it makes you realize, like, this is why I don't listen to that, you know, those ideas. But, But there's something interesting in seeing, like, what, because... I feel like what we're saying, like, more than anything, you were saying, like, to you, the, the, the tagline of Joker is why so serious. And I, I think yeah, I agree with that. Anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah, but to me, I would say just as much the tagline for me of Joker is why not? You know, like, mm-hmm. Joker yeah. is the one, there's all these things in our life that we say, like, well, no, I can't do that. And Joker's always saying, why not? Why can't you blow yeah. up the DMV? Why can't you, you know, blow up that other yeah. boat? You know, and, 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 yeah, like, have you really never wanted to kill a guy with a number two pencil to the eye? <laughs> um, yeah, when I was filling out those little boxes in, in an SATs right? and stuff like I that. I mean, probably. taking one of those Scantron tests, like, you know, <laughs> like, you know, there's a reason we don't. But, like, it, it is, there, there is a very, like, you know, he is a lot of people's worst impulses, you know? Right. But, like, it was kind of without the malice, just like, hey, this would be fun. Right. Well, and that's that's I think one of the most interesting things is that you're right. There's no malice there. I mean, Joker seems like so. In a lot of ways, he's. We've talked before about how bad vengeance is as a character motivation. Right. I don't think Joker. Well, the Jack Nicholas Joker. There's a little bit of Jack Nicholas Joker. Nicholson, okay, yeah. That there may be a. I don't think there's any Jokers in golf. Um, but the, the Jack. The, <laughs> the the Jack Nicholson Joker. There there's a vengeance element, and I I I love his Joker, yeah. but I think it's one of the most outliers of all of them. But but other than him, I don't think vengeance is ever a part of Joker. He he never even with Batman, like he's angry when he foils his plans, but he's almost like, Well well played, I can't wait to do that again, you know? Right, like, right. Oh you got me this time, wait till the sequel. Yeah, like jo- does Joker ever have really like vengeance or malice towards people outside of Jack Nicholson? Um, not that springs to mind. Yeah. Uh yeah, I, I don't I can't really, nothing really occurs to me. Like, somebody might wrong him and he might kill them, but it doesn't feel, like, personal, you know? Yeah. It's just like, oh, yeah, that's what we do, you know, hey, you know? Yeah, it's almost like, okay, um, well, this is how we play the game, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got caught, I'm gonna have to whack you now. Right. You know? And and so often when he's... I mean, it's interesting, I think, what you were saying about the um, him as V for Vendetta, 
um, because when we talked about V, you know, we talked about the ethics of what um, V does to Evie and how in a different light, you could see what V does to Evie as torturing her as completely the act of a villain. Um, And that's exactly what Joker – there's a number of times where Joker – I mean especially in the killing joke but in a lot of other things, Joker does basically what V does to Evie to Robin or to uh, Gordon or – In the return of the Joker. Yeah. Uh, uh, Yeah, he's – Or the Batman Beyond return mm -hmm. of the Joker. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, like he he's basically trying to like take someone and make them see the world his way by torturing yeah. them. Right. Exactly. And if the way he saw the world were awesome and the world were horrible, like maybe we'd be like, yeah, that's a horrible thing to do. But like, all right, you know, if that's what it took to like overthrow this fascist government, fine. You know. Right. And it's like maybe that's kind of what he thinks. You know, it's like, hey, this is how I overthrow this fascist Batman. Right. You know. Well, although. You know. Although I wonder, is because in all those things, what we're sort of saying is like the the goals might justify the means, and right. and and Joker is himself is sort of like throwing that out because he's saying there is no means, you know, there is no goal, right. you know, he just wants yeah, to. Do I, the... mean, Go ahead. I think he often has goals. They're not necessarily always these big goals, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes, you know, sometimes the goal is just like let's have fun, you know. Oh, that would be cute, you know. Right. But, uh, yeah, I think Joker's both saying, like, the ends don't matter, and neither do the means, you know? Like, um, he, he really is very, uh, I guess, chaotic evil on the D&D scale, uh-huh. although you could argue that sometimes he's more just chaotic neutral. Yeah, I was going to say, actually... Just pure chaos. I, I don't think he's... I think the Jack Nicholson one is chaotic evil, but the others, I don't know if... I'm trying, I don't remember enough about the Cesar Romero... Um, Who's the Joker yeah. from the um, the um, the nineteen sixties Batman series? Um, but other than him, I don't. Yeah, I think most of them there because he's not he's not out for personal gain in that. He, I mean, he wants enough money to do his next big plan, but he's not trying to get rich. He's not trying to, you know, he he's just doing it because what the hell? Why not? Right. Although I mean, the, the I, on the not to get too deep into Dungeons and Dragons. Oh yeah. But um, you know the the or I guess. It was AD and D that introduced the uh, the three, you know, the, the right. three by three matrix of alignment. But I think chaotic neutral tends to be more actually people who are operating out of selfishness with total disregard for the law, whereas um, chaotic evil is more people who do things out of malice. Which maybe you could say, yeah, well, the Joker's not really doing it out of malice; he's just crazy and whatever. Oh but yeah, he okay. is indiscriminately killing people for, for no personal gain, and that's actually. In that particular, you know, assessment of evil, I think it's generally has to help to be more evil. But, you know, right. which I I've <laughs> brought him up a couple times. I'm so curious. Uh, what, what's your take on the Jack Nicholson view of the Joker? Because I think that one is, I, I, um, think, I think, at least I said, it's kind of, I think it's kind of an outlier compared to some of the others. Yeah. I loved the Jack Nicholson Joker when I saw it. Yep. And I still watch it and enjoy it, you know. Uh-huh. Um, but he's like maybe my fifth favorite Joker now, fourth. Yeah. So um, yeah. So it's it's just it's kind of um, you know, I I give that like maybe a, a seven or eight on a scale of one to ten, whereas I would have thought that were a ten years uh-huh. ago, you know. But um, I feel like the the Heath Ledger Joker just blew that Joker away. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, that Joker had such concrete motives that he really doesn't fit my view of the Joker anymore. Um, and he has such a concrete backstory um, that also doesn't fit my favorite view of the Joker. Mm. And, like, he's Joe Chill, you know? <laughs> like, right. Um, you know, so so I think Tim Burton really rolled a few different Batman stories into one to make the, the Batman movie, which I absolutely love, and... It may be actually my favorite live-action Batman movie. Yeah. Uh, it's certainly up there. Um, but, it, you know, it might be after The Dark Knight. You know I mean? I'd say my two favorite live-action Batman movies are probably the two with the Joker in them. You know, and then it's just, you know, do I rank it by my favorite Joker in them or my favorite Batman? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'm pretty close there. And I, I um, um, in some ways, I kind of feel like the Jack Nicholson character is probably one of my top five favorite superhero movie villains. But I don't yeah. think he's a great Joker. Like, because I think you're right. right, like, right, right yeah. I think he's hysterically funny. 
I think he has a very good like because to me it feels like someone who has a strong criminal motivation and a strong vengeance motivation, yeah, and then goes off the deep end, and yeah. but doesn't lose those motivations, and I think that becomes a fa- he's sort of a halfway in between the like having motivations and wanting to watch the world burn. And I think that's a fantastic character, but it doesn't really fit my idea of Joker anymore. Um, you know, like you're saying, uh, in, in part, especially because of that stuff. And especially because I think you're right because of the backstory. Like, I think there's this is true with animated series, but especially with Heath Ledger, I love the fact that he keeps telling people different versions of his backstory. Yeah. Because it really yeah. is that idea of like, in some ways I think it's like like just fucking with people and in some ways, it, it's saying like, "Who cares?" Because I think he's saying, "Yeah, like, yeah it's like, does it matter? Yeah, does it's it matter one, how I got to where I am." Because I think he, he's sort of making fun of the fact that all these people keep asking him, and he's kind of like, right. "Why the hell are you asking me? Who cares?" Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And one other thing that's interesting about the the, the Jack Nicholson uh, Joker and that Batman movie titled Batman. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Is that it's not a Batman origin story, right? It's a Joker origin story. Yeah, it starts off where Batman shows up, but it's not like here's how he became Batman. It's just like no, Batman, there he is. That's Batman, right? You know, deal with it. And then you know the press is talking about him, blah blah blah. And then you know, spoiler alert, he pushes um, Jack, right? Yeah, I think he's just called Jack. Yeah. Jack, you are my number one guy. Yeah, I, I just remember that line. Yep. <laughs> but, um, you know, he pushes him into a vat of acid. He becomes a Joker. You know, he kills Jack Palance, and then, then he tries to kill everyone in Gotham or something uh, by giving them free money, which is hilarious, you know. And then, you know, so I guess it does actually have a Batman origin story in that it shows the Joker kill, you know, it shows yeah, the but it's, with the Wayne. It's stuff, much but. less of an origin. I mean, yeah, I, I really, really one day want to see the first Batman movie in a new thing that never shows the Waynes getting shot, but we haven't gotten oh, that yet. Please, but it's please much, give me that. It's, it, next time, next time around, do that. Yeah. Please do that. But it's much less of an origin. It's almost like the, the Hulk, you know, it kind of has a, a nod yeah. to the origin story. Um, right. Well, exactly. One thing, though, that, that movie does really well, and this actually kind of ties into the, the topic I was going to ask about a while ago, but this is a good way, good excuse for us to um, jump into now, it, is there's a moment where they kind of are talking about the fact that, like, they each created each other. Because yeah. Batman did his thing of, like, you know, of fighting Jack, and Jack fell into the, the, the acid and became Joker, mm-hmm. but also in that version, Joker, you know, is Joe Chill. Joker is the one who... Before he became Joker, Jack's the one who killed Batman's parents. Um, and like you, I don't lo- love that interpretation. But it, it raises the question of, do Batman and Joker need each other? Or, or like, right. And to some extent, like, if there's no Batman, is there a Joker? Um, yeah. I, don't, I don't have a specific question, but I kind of just want to like, like talk about that issue. Like, To what extent are they kind of like, do, do you have one without the other? Um, I think you do. And first of all, I just want to say that... Um, about that story being an outlier and how it works the Joker and Batman stories in together. Uh-huh. I really love that story, and I think it's a great particular story that just doesn't line up with the majority of my Batman Joker stories, you know? Yeah, like, if this was just a movie, of, it, it's kind of like, um, I've said this before about the movie um, First Night, which I think is yeah. a really interesting movie about English nobility and things like that. It's just not in any way a mm-hmm. King Arthur story. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I kind of feel like this way, like in some ways, like if, if you just, it, it is a great Batman movie, but yeah, that just for the particular Batman Jokerness, it's a great story. It's just not the Batman Joker story. Right. Exactly. Um, but now to them meeting each other, I would say that it's, it's like a less of a codependent relationship and more of like a one way, um, Joker needs Batman uh-huh. to exist. Like, if Joker, there, there's, in Mad Life, right, which is, a, an, I think, an amazing story, and I, I really wish that they'd um, gone more with that story in uh, Suicide Squad. You mean, cause, cause it's a because story, it's a different version of the um, Harley Joker story. Yeah, and I'd say that this one kind of borrowed from it, that Suicide Squad borrowed from it, and, like, 
maybe some of what happened there happened. But, you know, the, the great thing in, in Mad Love is that, like, Harley picks Joker, you know. she And as much as maybe Joker manipulated her, like, she she becomes Harley Quinn and on her own, you just, know. Just for context, um, Mad Love is an, is a, an episode of the animated series. Mad Love is actually a comic written by the creators of the animated series who then did the comic they'd written Got as, okay. uh, yeah, near the end of the, of the animated series. Right. Um, and both the comic and the, the show, I think, are wonderful. Um, and, you know, they they really show how messed up the, the Harley-Joker relationship is, uh, but then they also show how messed up the Batman-Joker relationship is um, and how those two relationships, like, Almost like, I mean, Joker obviously is horrible to and for Harley Quinn, largely because he's a psychopath who's, you know, abusive and, and has no rules and has no, right. you know, I mean, he's just a horrible person, really, right? Like, he's, he's a Joker, he's a supervillain, um, or a villain, whatever. But, um, but he's also horrible for her in terms of, like, them having a healthy abusive relationship. I don't, I don't really know uh, how to, but like they could have a less um, emotionally destructive relationship. I think if the Joker weren't so hung up on Batman, yeah, you know, no, it's he, very true. He's obsessed with Batman. And, um, you it, know, if you haven't watched Mad Love or read it, like don't do that now, but, yeah. but that, you know, the idea that she catches Batman, like Joker's like, what are you doing? Yeah. I'm supposed to do that. You can't do that. <laughs> You know, well, and, and, like, and, and not only that, that yeah. it's supposed to be him. I mean, I, I think there's two things there. One is that, yeah, I I think there's another episode where Harley specifically says that, like, she she's mad that that Joker cares more about Batman than her, which is I think a truth right. that we see all the time. But yeah, like yeah. I, I that Mad Love line to me it reminds me of in the Heath Ledger movie where like at first, um, um, uh, Joker is like trying to get the whole city to catch Batman. And and mm-hmm. then and then kind of realizes no he doesn't want that you know and he right, right, right. he yeah. says that line of like he's sort of like you know a dog chasing a car like he doesn't actually want to catch the car he doesn't know what he'd do with yeah. the car if he catches it you know like right 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 um yeah and there's another animated episode where somebody allegedly kills Batman and Joker's like oh you know yeah. <laughs> like he's all sad and like you know he doesn't know what to do with himself because like that's that's his toy that's like his thing is to go after batman and like make him crazy and right. you know, show him why he's right and stuff like that and I, but i would say that batman doesn't need joker the same way batman needs i mean as a hero in fiction i think he absolutely right hugely benefits from the joker as a villain right in his rogues gallery as the the, the head of his rogues gallery not in that he leaves any of the other villains but just he you know the the, the height of it. Right. But I think Batman works great as a character with tons of other, um, uh, tons of other villains. You know, I mean, Batman has tons of great villains, I think, and can work really well in the Justice League with other villains, you know, uh, I mean, against other villains with other heroes. Uh, and so I don't think he needs that oil the same way, mm-hmm. but I think he greatly benefits from it as a, as a character in fiction. But then also I think as a character, I, I do think he develops a sort of like, there's a relationship there beyond like, yeah, you're just another criminal I'm trying to catch, right. for sure. But it's not the same as the Joker's real need for Batman to exist. Yeah, no, attention I, to him. Yeah, I, I, think, I think that part especially makes, makes so much sense to me. And, and, and um, you know, and, and going I back... Think Harley Joker. Say again? Uh, it's like Harley Joker where most of the time Harley really needs Joker in a way Joker doesn't really need Harley. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a total, um, like, code, and I think that's the, um, it, the, to me, I think that, because I, I totally agree with you about the incredible emotional unhealthiness and abusiveness of that. It, it's, a, it's a codependent relationship, you know, you know because you know, J- Joker... You know, I think it's a good model for, um, say again? for people to, you don't think that's a good model of relationships? No, 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 no. And I'll say oh. that that's a part of why I didn't like Suicide Squad, is I think they make that... They, they romanticize that relationship in a way that, frankly, kind of terrifies me when I see people yeah, saying, yeah. like... I, I mean, that's what I like about it so much. But, yeah. Um, I, I 100% understand concerns that, you know, audiences might not um, take it 
the right way. Yeah, I mean, it's just like when I see people wearing the t-shirts, it's like, I want someone to love me the way Joker loves Harley. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> like, that's that's <laughs> bad. Um, but, yeah, only in the bedroom. I don't yeah. like yeah, consensually, consensually. Right, yes, exactly. But because then that's the thing, is that I think that, that that's the hard, like the question of like does Harley ever consent to that? Um but 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 going back yeah, which I say like in that love she does and in the Suicide Squad that's vague and in some other talents like a video game she definitely does not. Right, exactly. Um but but so so cause to take it and I know uh this is gonna be a pretty short episode. Um we're gonna wrap up pretty soon. <laughs> Um, well, short for us. Um, yeah. but, but this, is just, this is just kind of like a, a top are, level. Are we like, almost done? <laughs> yeah. This is just a top level. Like there's so much more we can go, go deeper on. Um, but, but the kind of the one, well, I, I think we're almost done unless you can stay longer. But, um, the, the, the thing that I, I, the, to me, the, the one further question of what you just said is, okay, so if Joker needs Batman and, mm-hmm. Does that mean, on some level, when we're th- when we're sort of asking ourselves, like, should Batman be Batman? Does the fact that being Batman, not that Batman creates Joker by any means, mm-hmm. but that like, oh, with- he does literally in, in Batman, right? Yeah, but that like, with if there isn't a Batman, there isn't a Joker, and right. this is a theme that has kind of come up in a couple of other, like in Civil War, um, the mm-hmm. vi- Vision points out, like, you know. They're being superheroes invites the challenge of supervillains. Like this is a theme I think we're seeing in a couple of different things. But if we just yeah. focus it on the Batman Joker thing, like when we're sort of evaluating, like is Bruce Wayne doing a the right thing by becoming Batman? Mm-hmm. Is it fair to ask? Like, it, is putting the creation of Joker in the negative column is that is that a fair thing to do when when we're when we're asking that question of of Bruce Wayne? So I definitely think it's a fair question to ask. I think the answer is no, but I also think that it you know it's fair to look at the Joker and the rise of the Joker in in a lot of different stories, and and sort of the villains like him you know crazy openly just like wacko um, and and like ostentatiously wacko you yeah. know um, villains and and hold some of that against Batman for sure you know I mean. In you know, there's there's some so like I think Gotham is obviously taking it a very different direction, and I haven't watched much of it this season. Mm-hmm. But you know, the idea that a lot of these villains were around before Batman was Batman, and that it actually seems like a much more sane thing for Bruce Wayne to decide <laughs> to become Batman in a world that already has these um, colorful, shall we say, villains? Yeah, it, you know, who who dress up and 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 are. are you know, nuts. And it, it's um, funny because I, I hadn't thought of it this way, but like, yeah, it, it seems like you know, in in the um, normal versions of the stories, there's a sort of element of like, all right, Batman's doing this crazy thing, and so someone's like, Joker's like, well, if there's a guy running around dressed like a bat, like, why the hell am I not going right. to do crazy things? But you're right in Gotham. On some level, you're sort of expecting Bruce Wayne to be like, well, why the hell not put on a bat suit? Everyone else is completely yeah. nuts in this city. Well, yeah, there's a scene where. Um, Azrael comes in somewhere with this huge black cape. Right. And Bruce Wayne's there, and there's a shot of him being like, hmm. Oh, yeah, you that's know? right. I forgot about that. <laughs> you know, and you can just hear him be like, yeah, that looks cool. Yeah. I understand, you know, the, the, the theatricality and the, you know, the, <laughs> the tactical uh, value to having, you know, a ridiculous outfit. Right. And it looks kind of badass. So, you know, file that away for future, you know. Um, it's a total flip right, side of of the the Nolan where where Ra's al Ghul is sort of being like, wow, you you've gone kind of off the deep end here, Bruce. Right, it is exactly, and and I mean, um, yeah, I, I'd say that I don't think the Nolan uh, conceit of Batman sort of causing the presence of these other villains is necessarily like the regular story. Uh-huh. Um, I kind of think the default story is just like. Yeah, the DC world has a lot of, you know, costumes, heroes, and villains, and we don't necessarily know who came from where when. Um, Whereas, oh, go ahead. uh, Just that there's a couple of movies, you know, that do show those villains showing up after Batman shows up, 
Um, and then there's like one series that shows it the other way around. Right. I, I mean, part of this, I think, is just the evolution of the story in that it, when the comic books were being created, like, you know, originally, we like questions of like, isn't this kind of ridiculous that someone's dressing up like a bat? Like, we weren't even talking in those terms, you know? Right, right, right. Yeah, it was. It was supposed to be, like, super out there. I mean, they called him, like, the weird Batman, like, in the early early episodes. Um, and, you know, I, I think it was it was supposed to be more out there. And it was comic books, you know. Right. And now comic books are not seen the same way. Uh, I think largely because of the live-action, um, uh, you know, stories that are told that people see people see actual humans dressed up like this right. in stories where they're interacting with other humans and it, it it gives a certain relatability um to i think a large segment of the population that would read a a comic or a graphic novel and be like i uh, you know that's kind of more out there they feel like they're looking oh, yeah. at elves when they're looking at comic books whereas on TV, you know, I mean, there's a reason that I think Game of Thrones has been so successful, whereas, um, I mean, Lord of the Rings was successful, too, but, but like, you know, that the big, like, kind of breakthrough crossover fantasy thing is a world that started off with very low, you know, um, magic or supernatural type stuff, which, you know, we've talked about with the MCU and Doctor Strange. And also with, you know, all humans. They're just human, right. you know, and they're, like, kind of different looking, but, like, they're humans. And I think people, more people can relate to that. Oh, yeah. That can be like, yeah, a dwarf. I can relate to a dwarf. I can relate to an elf, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, I can I, relate to a panther. And I think especially with Joker, this becomes really relevant. Cause I, and I know Christopher <laughs> Nolan didn't create this. This is much more Frank Miller and some of the other uh, comic book authors. But I think kind of, like, one of the things that the, the Dark Knight movies really did well uh, – uh, building on that is that, like, well, let me just back up and say that I think Christopher Nolan movies I think of as kind of the the height of what you're talking about of really trying to place these as like very realistic stories, even though they're about something yeah, that seems so unrealistic. But in the same way, like I feel like what they do and what probably some of the other early comic books that they were inspired by had done was to sort of say like, okay, like so part of that is let's take like in a comic book, everything's kind of silly, everything's kind of ridiculous, everything is kind of for kids or big grown-up kids. Like, oh, look, there's a murdering clown. Isn't that kind of funny and ridiculous? Right, right, right. Yeah, and then once you say a murdering, homicidal, psychopathic clown, but put that in the real world, now all of a sudden this is one of the most terrifying things you can possibly imagine. Right, exactly. Like, people are already scared of clowns. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think that that's... To me, that's part of what the Heath Ledger thing gets so brilliantly, and I do think that that when I went back and watched animated series, I saw that it was doing as well. It was saying like, when Heath Ledger, like the Joker, is obviously joking, but when you're not in on the joke, like when you're not right. like, then then you yeah, it's flat out just one of the most terrifying things you can possibly yeah. come. Yeah, when you're the guy who might catch a pencil in the eye, like, yep. it's not so funny. To be sure, to be sure, um. So yeah, like I know we're at a little after one. This is about when you said you had to go. Uh, any other kind of last things? Um, I, we're definitely going to get back to this topic because Joker's one we can talk about a lot. But is there any other kind of yeah. last questions or you wanted to raise or, or stuff that, um, like a last little segment you wanted to talk about with Joker? No, I mean I think should we? Why don't we rank our favorite Jokers? Sure. In, in order or something like that. I um, think for me it's you go first. For me, um. It's tough. Uh, a couple of years ago, I would have said Heath Ledger, hands down. Now, Mar- Mark Hamill is up there. I think in terms of like sheer entertainment value, Mark Hamill might be just about ahead of Heath Ledger. But in terms of like raising the qu- – I mean like you know, this is the ethics podcast. It's not just the entertainment podcast. And, it, and it, in terms of like raising those questions that I love so much as well as just scaring the ever-living shit out of me. Um, it's Heath Ledger. Like, I think Heath Ledger is number one. Mark Hamill is a close second. Um, I think further down, Jack Nicholson is number three for me. Um, I do really... There's like a gap there. Right? Yeah, there's definitely a gap. Yeah. And I think part of that, again, if we're purely on entertainment value, he's higher. It's that I think he doesn't capture right. as much of the, like, being the jokerness that I love. Um, he'd be number three. But he is, I would say, ahead of... I forget the name of the actor, but the um, uh, the show The Batman, 
which has right. um is interesting because it's it's a little bit of a less serious Bruce Wayne uh Batman because he's younger. Yeah. Yeah. Um but in that and almost like a more serious Joker in some way. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's Joker's yeah. more of a crime lord and I forget the actor who but it's the I think it's sometimes called the Rasta Joker because it's Joker with Joker. Yeah, um yeah. I'd say he's maybe yeah, a Joker with dreads. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> and, and Why it, not? He's a great portrayal of it. I really like it. Um, yeah, yeah. But I think it's probably a little bit behind Jack Nicholson's. Um, and how much of that is because, like you, Jack Nicholson's is the first one I saw. I was maybe like eight or nine. No, I guess eleven years old, and I just thought it was amazing. Um, yeah. Uh, and then, and then I think probably uh, then is the um, the Cesar Romero from. Um, uh, uh, yeah. the the Batman TV show in the sixties. Who I just, I'll admit I have very little memory of. Um, I I think in the campy world of of that show he was perfectly campy. Um, totally. But he hasn't really stuck out for me. And I think he was probably pretty good. But he hasn't really stuck out for me as that. Um, and then last, and I think he was also very funny and like you know. Yeah. Like I think like he, out there he was like I'm a clown I'm a Joker but I kill people. And I think he definitely had that, like, sort of, like, he was going to point out the ridiculous... Like, in some ways, I feel like... The one thing I remember about him is, like, you know, that's the TV show that more than any... That and James Bond is what really gave us the sort of cliche of monologuing, you know? Because every episode, someone ties up Batman and Robin and then tells them their evil plan. And I feel yeah. like that, the Joker and there at least... That crap, which then, of course, they get out of. Right. The Joker there at least, I feel like he kind of would point out how ridiculous what he was doing was, um, <laughs> which I appreciated. Um, and then at yeah. the bottom is the Heath Ledger. And I just... Part of it is I at do think... I, I, I'm sorry, bottom? not the bottom. Uh, Jared Leto. Jared Leto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think there it's in part, um, I really just don't like the portrayal of, of him and Harley. Um, but also, I just... I. I think in part because I felt like it wasn't – he wasn't necessary to the movie. Um, and maybe it's in part because it's not a Batman movie at all. And to me, right, right, right. Joker, yeah. I think of as so much the other side of the Batman coin. Um, and maybe it's also because I feel like Suicide Squad is raising these really here, – here's maybe what, what it would better for me is that the Suicide Squad, I feel like – it's not a great movie, although I like a lot of it. But, like, it does, as we've talked about on the show, raise some really interesting questions about, like, being a villain and what does it mean to, like, ha- you know, like, be a villain for yourself or a villain for a larger goal. And, like, is Amanda Waller the real villain or are they the real villains? Like, those are some great questions. But the Joker isn't there to, like, screw with any of that. He's just, no. the, you know, he's just there to screw up people's plans. Um, right. Well, he's basically just, like, giving my Harley back. Yeah, exactly. Um, That's, like, his motivation. And so I feel like I didn't – I just didn't like his betrayal, but I also just felt like – I felt like the character wasn't doing any of the Joker things that I want the Joker to do. Mm. Um, right, right. So, so yeah, that, that's mine. What about what, – what's, what's yours? How do you rank them? Well, so I'm going to give them like numerical scores on a scale of 1 to 10. Uh-huh. Um, so a right a tied at around 7 are uh, Rasta Joker and Dash Joker. Yeah. Uh, mustache Joker. <laughs> And I, I'm maybe going to give the nod to Ross the Joker because the Romero didn't shave his mustache <laughs> and play Joker. He the white clown paint over it, which is ridiculous. But it's also kind of awesome. Yeah. Ridiculous. I, <laughs> I mean, I kind of love that, and I feel like that's the, like, yeah. if the guy who was Joker had a mustache, he'd be like, why the hell would I shave a mustache? Just have a clown makeup right, over it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, someone would be like, um, sir, that doesn't look good. Bang. It's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody else was like, let's stop talking about it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I did love the playfulness and, the, you know, the humor and the, like, he just he just went for it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't hold back or try to try to do, you know, it wasn't really nuanced. It was like, boom, you know, like full full frontal Joker on, you know, I mean, the 60s TV? 60s, right? 60s, um, yeah. Yeah, and... Uh, and then I, I love Ross the Joker. Like, it's a very, very different kind of feel to the Joker. More of a really different look. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I also I, I like the Batman series right. um, as well. And, and, you know, Joker is a, a big part of that. Uh, so they're kind of around a seven. I'd say, like, Jack Nicholson for me is, is an eight. You know, and years ago I probably would have had him higher. But, um you know, the hilarity and the menace, I think, are great. Uh, he just he doesn't really line up with a lot of the things that I think make Joker great. Um, 
And then uh, I, I'd give Heath Ledger a 10 out of 10, you know. I mean, yeah. I think that was just an absolutely brilliant performance. You know, I mean, he actually won an Oscar for, for a yeah. comic book movie and, and deserved it, you know. And, like, if he hadn't died, maybe he wouldn't have won, um, which is just its own stupid thing. But, right. like, it, you know, it, I feel like that role changed um, the way comic book movies were seen mm-hmm. a little bit. You know, it came out, I, I think, was that 08? came out the same year as Iron Man yeah. and The Incredible Hulk, where you have these incredible actors, Robert Downey Jr. and Edward Norton, and, and the Hulk movie wasn't wasn't as, as good, but um, I thought he was great, and he is just an amazing actor. And so you had these, you know, these three performances that year of just really, really great actors, really great performances, and it, it, I feel like that really elevated, um, oh, yeah. you know, comic book films. I, I, I think... that they've been doing well commercially, but it kind of, you know, the critical reception, I think, mm-hmm. um, bumped up a notch. Yeah, I think all three and, of them are amazing, yeah. but, like, just, mm-hmm. just quickly, I think without Heath Ledger, I don't know if the MCU happens. You know, I mean, like, they were obviously starting it with Iron Man, but, like, I, 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 yeah. I feel like... So much of what it has become, I think, is in law, is was helped significantly. Maybe it still happens to some extent, but like, yeah, I, I think a hundred percent it still happens. I think very, very likely it's not as successful. Yeah, you know, or just like DC is very biased. Yeah, you know, um, but yeah, I, I do think that it really changed. Um, it contributed to the the huge shift in the way comic book movies were seen yep. um, and perceived by people, and then. I'm going to give Jared Leto a nine. Like, I loved that Joker. I might have seen Suicide Squad three times in the theaters. Um, <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing the extended cut yep. uh, with more Joker. You know, I I don't necessarily feel that the movie needed more Joker. I just kind of see what want to see what else there was. Um, yeah, I can see and that. I did feel like it. I know you felt like you thought he was kind of like trying to do like a kind of like a uh, Heath Ledger thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel that at all. I felt like it was a totally different performance, a totally different Joker. And with, I thought it was really interesting to see Joker without Batman. And yeah, I think Joker as a character absolutely needs Batman in terms of like Joker wouldn't exist without Batman. Right. Um, and I really wish that we'd gotten somewhere in the DCEU, which is a horrible name. Uh, it just doesn't flow. But I wish that we'd gotten to see him and Harley kill Robin before seeing them in Suicide Squad. I wish that we'd seen a whole Mad Love movie before Suicide Squad. And I I feel like I can contextualize that movie um, because of all the other Harley, Joker things, Batman things I've seen and am aware of and that I knew a lot of the context going into see the movie and that seeing it multiple times, I felt like I saw different things going on. But I, I definitely feel that the movie suffered from not having all that set up. Um, and then also, like, I mean, I find the completely problematic love story between, you know, two villains really interesting. And I, I can 100% understand concerns about it, you know. Um, and I'm not not denying those. But in, in terms of looking at fiction, I tend to kind of ignore that in a way yeah um, in terms of just evaluating it on its merits you know um i feel like that's a separate issue you know like socially how is this going to affect the world you know very interesting to talk about but in terms of like was this good like i i thought it was great i thought that was a great aspect of the movie yeah um and then mark campbell gets an 11 because like yeah <laughs> go up to 11 you know with it. i don't i don't know why i did like two words of a british accent there <laughs> i just like been a commit which you know Speaking of committed, yep. it's time for me to go back to Arkham. <laughs> no, I, I think you're right. I mean, I, I, to me, one of the best things I can say about the Mark Hamill Joker is the fact that in Arrow, he has been playing, in the TV show Arrow, uh, yeah. what's the name of the or, character? Flash. Flash. No, he I'm sorry. The yeah, in the trickster. Trick, in, in, and he is so clearly... Granted, the trickster, like, a lot of things in the Flash and Arrow universes are a little bit like knockoffs of things from the Batman world to begin with. But, like, you think? Yeah, but, but in, in the character of Trickster, he's so clearly 
playing a parody of his own betrayal of Joker. Um, And it's just, it's so meta and so beautiful and so wonderfully done. And yet, even if you didn't know any of that, you would still think it's a wonderful character. Like, it's just, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, there's just, I think Heath Ledger. Also, you know, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, in some ways, I might even say, like, I feel like you and I have been, have been combining two different things, which is the character as played by particular actors, how we rate them. Mm -hmm. And the, how yeah. we rate the actors. Because I would certainly say, like, oh, sure. I think the way the Heath Ledger character is written and the role he plays in that story is my favorite compared to the stuff they do in the animated series. But if right, I just right. had to go, like, best acting performance, like, I would have loved to see what more Heath Ledger could do. But there's just – Mark Hamill's just – Yeah, it's one movie. Mark Hamill, I mean, he, there's – probably 10 hours of him as a Joker. Right, over many and years. And so many different notes. Yeah, yeah, over decades. Yeah, and in the same way, like, I kind yeah. of think, like, to me, like, everything I would say about Jack Nicholson, like, I, I think he, he as an actor did the best possible job you could have for that part, you know? Like, I, not, none of my critique is about him yeah. as an actor. Um, right, right, right. Definitely. You know, he ate scenery, he chewed on scenery to the exact extent that you need to in a Tim Burton movie. Right, right, that's the, that's the, that's the role. <laughs> The role of eat all the scenery. And, and, and here's something kind of cool, and I, I wonder and if this is. On do you, I wonder if you think this is because we've gotten lucky, or because of something about the way the Batman, the Joker character is. It, I think it's interesting that neither you or I really named a like. Granted, I don't like the Jared Leto Bat- Joker for very specific yeah. reasons, yeah. but even then, I'm, I'm able to say like, it, like we can both name some bad Batmans. We can name some bad yeah. like. Almost any other superhero character, I can name you some bad versions of. Yeah, I can't really name a bad Joker. I, none come to mind, you know. Um, and it's it's interesting because it seems like a character that would be both kind of easy to do really well, but also like pretty easy to like just be awful. Oh yeah, you know. Like I mean, I feel like if you do the Joker. And that's the thing, that so many different people have done it so differently, right? I mean, so many of these Jokers are so different. And even each one, I mean, like, particularly, like, the Mark Hamill one can be so different from episode to episode, but still be kind of a cohesive character. Right. Um, the thing that is really, really interesting there to me is that, like, like none of them blew it. Yeah. You know, they went for, they, they all went for their own take. And, like, I just really feel like none of them blew it. Um, and... You know, I know some people disagree on this or that, but I, it just, I don't know. I, maybe it's that they've just done really well casting the character. And maybe it's that it's a character that just, um, can sit well in a lot of different kind of stories, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, like in a serious Batman or in a, I mean, if you put Joker in the Joel Schumacher movies, like he could have worked, yeah. you know? Oh God! What Joel Schumacher could have done with the ridiculousness of Joker? I think kind of, they might have even needed a Joker. I know. I mean, it might have been better with Joker, and and I've always thought Riddler can often play like a poor man's Joker. Yeah. You know, whereas I I think Riddler has so much potential. I feel like I've never seen a Riddler that I totally love. Yeah. Um, Just to, oh, the Gotham Joker. How how much? <laughs> Well, I, I'm, I just, I don't think we, I don't think we have a Gotham Joker yet. We have like nods That's, okay, to it, fair, but, fair, but, yeah, but yeah, just, fair. just, just on the Schumacher thing, how much fun could any of the Jokers we just mentioned, how much fun could they have had with a Batman with nipples on a suit? Oh like, yeah, that alone. <laughs> Why so nipply? You know? <laughs> Especially Doctor Freeze hanging, or just him mocking Arnold Schwarzenegger's <laughs> Doctor Freeze. Freeze you know? Oh, I see Doctor Freeze is here. Never mind. <laughs> There we go. All right, Joel Schumacher, give us a call. We've got your next movie for you. All right. Tell him leave him dead. (laughs) Cool. All right. Well, thanks. I'm glad we had some time to talk about this. Um, uh, What's going on with you? Anything people should be reading or writing or or talking to you about? Yeah. uh, So I haven't officially started this yet, but I'm just going to commit to it now on the air, live, but not live, because it's recorded previously. Um, Well, previous to when you're hearing it, but I'm speaking now. I think I'm going to finally start my one million words of crap project. Okay, okay. Which, which is uh, a project wherein I'm going to write one million words of crap, <laughs> and then I'm going to sell it. Uh, although, actually, I think I'm going to sell it before writing it. Um, so Marketing 
Number one is brought to you by Paul Hoppe. Figure out what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> it's gonna be great, though. Trust me. What cool. Is here I just said marketing 101 is brought to you by Paul Hoppe. <laughs> yes, thank you, thank you. Cool. Well, okay. Well, yeah. Throwing out all the rules. <laughs> I, know, I know this is a project you've been talking about for a while about like being uncensored and just kind of like just starting to write. And I know um, yeah. well, you, there's a lot of great stuff you've written already that uh, folks should be interested in. So I, I, I definitely am, I'm interested to see where that project goes. So um, and I, I I have a couple of ideas of at least where a couple hundred of those words could be directed. Um, sure, sure. So yeah. oh yeah, very good, very yeah. good. Um, yeah. Cool, cool. So yeah, let us know about that. Um, for everybody else. Um, Joker, I'm sure, is a topic that people have a lot of thoughts on. Let us know. Tweet at us. Facebook us. You can find both of those um, just by searching for Superhero Ethics on Facebook or Twitter. Um, you can also find the website at SuperheroEthics.com. You can find the podcast by searching for Superhero Ethics Podcast on either iTunes or Stitcher. Um, please let your friends know about this um, and join in the conversation. Tell us what you think about Joker. Who's your favorite Joker? Um, you know, I might even set up a Twitter poll if I can, if I can figure out how to do that, or a Facebook poll. Um, you know, let us know who's your favorite Joker, what Jokers worked, what Jokers didn't. Why do you like Joker so much as a character? Do you not like? I mean, I'm sure there is a Batman fan out there who does not like Joker. Um, no, actually, no, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'd love to hear from them and tell them why they're wrong. I mean, not about not loving them, but you know. I I would love to hear from you, and I might not even tell you you're wrong. I am open to hearing what you have to say. Um, Paul will tell you. Well, no, if Paul tells you're wrong, it means Paul has had to go on Twitter and talk about the show. So everyone. Oh, very good. Well played, sir. Well played. We have trapped you. So, all right. Thanks, everybody. Uh, Thanks, Paul. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll talk to you more soon. Paul, I'm waiting for you to do some kind of evil Joker laugh. I thought you were going to do one. Uh, hey. <laughs> I don't know. Come on. Uh, it's just, it's, uh, I don't know, man. Okay. Uh... <laughs> well, at least we have our outro. At least we have our outro. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>